Welcome to episode two of Road and Chat, the official podcast of Road and Track. I'm Travis Okulski, the digital director here at Road and Track, and with me, as always, is Bob Sorokonich, our deputy editor. And uh, this week, we have somebody who had a really good weekend, and that is uh, Will Power, the 102nd uh, Indy 500 champion. Welcome. Yes, thank you. Thanks, thanks for having me on. Yeah, no, thanks for coming by. Um, I guess our first question, because Bob and I both went over this at the same time, is that final restart. Or your fourth, right? Yeah. What was going through? Like, walk us through the final few laps there. What was going through your head when you were restarting fourth, and you know Wilson was getting actually a fairly decent gap. Well, before, like when the yellow came, you know, obviously before that we were looking really good because those guys went on an alternate strategy, which you know required a lot of yellow. Mm -hmm. You know, just you know, really they were just hoping for luck. And then it went yellow, and so we weren't really sure how much they fuel they saved. So on that restart, um, you know, I was actually racing to to pass and win. Yeah. You know, I figured that these guys are going to make it, but they'll have to save fuel. So, you know, I've got Serbia, and then I was trying to get Jack Harvey kind of closing mm -hmm. on him, trying to get the gap and the run right. Um, and then they both peeled off. I think my spotter said it actually going to four of these guys are going to pit or one of them's going to pit. So as soon as that happened, um, I'm like, I've got a fast car, fast car out front. There's not, I can't see hardly anyone in front of me and there's not many laps to go. So at that point I'm thinking I'm, I've got a good chance I'm going to win this. Mm -hmm. I mean, you did. I did. <laughs> I did, yeah. And uh, just obviously, when you see that white flag, this just a um, I was started screaming in the helmet, just just so you know overwhelmed with excitement, happiness, right. uh, everything. So when you saw those cars pull off, was your reaction equal to when you won the race, sort of when you knew that these guys were pitting? It, it, was it? not at that point. I mean, you know that, that there was still I I don't know if that was four to go at that point. I can't remember. Um, yeah, I think it was it was lap one ninety six when uh, yeah. when Wilson and peeled so off. So yeah, it was four to go at that point. So there's still you know some stuff to play out. You mm -hmm. don't know what can happen. It could go yellow right then again. Uh, so you know I just put my head down. Thought I'm going to put the best four laps together you can. So it was kind of mm -hmm. like qualifying, and that's what I did. And then two to go. I'm thinking it's this is you know if yeah. it's yellow now it doesn't matter. And one to go. I'm screaming in the helmet like just like. Ah. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, amazing feeling, amazing. I can't kind of, yeah, still, I don't think I'll realize what it means or take yeah. it in until the season's over because I'm still kind of focused ahead. But it's a huge weight off my shoulders. It's the one race I, I just, I really wanted. Yeah. Well, yeah, which I guess makes so the reaction that wasn't broadcast on TV. Um, where, where did that come from? What was that directed at? Where did that come it from? Was, this is a G-rated show. Yeah, no <laughs> but, problem. Yeah. Um, so we, we're, we're not going to play the, the, the yeah. audio clip, but I think everybody knows what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know, I know. Um, yeah, it just came out of, you know, a decade of working towards something and the continual questions you got about, you know, you've won a lot of races, you've won mm -hmm. a championship. Yeah. Um, you know, probably the most winningest driver in the last... Uh, almost 10 years now you haven't won an Indy 500 so you know you get that every May you get it so often and like you know I felt 
like I wouldn't get the credit I deserved if I didn't win the 500 you know, right. in my career that's kind of where that's, it just it just came out like that it's kind of directed it the whole situation it wasn't at any one person right. or mm-hmm. it was just how it was for me and how long it took for me to win that right and I, and I think this settles the question too because on the TV broadcast uh, people kept referring to you as a road course expert right and uh, I think this this pretty well settles it that you can that you're an oval expert as well yeah I mean you know I think the oval ex I mean the oval thing was settled you know, a couple of years, well, at least last year, mm. um, you know, I've won the last three super speedways we've done, one on the short oval, um, and I've won, it's four 500 mile races, so, yeah, I mean, oval racing is, is something that I would do week in, week out now, if, if there was such a series, because I enjoy it so much, mm. and yeah. obviously, mastered the craft, um, and understand everything I need to understand about it. So, yeah, I can turn up to any race on the schedule now and feel like I can I can win this yeah. weekend. And that was not always the case. Mm-hmm. That's got to be a good feeling having that under your belt now. Yes, absolutely. Yes, it is a good feeling when you know it doesn't matter what which, which weekend. You don't think, oh no, we're going to this track. I, I can't win. Mm-hmm. It's, I know I can win everywhere. Right. So was there since you came in, obviously with the you know, all the road course experience in Champ Car from years and years and years ago. And you just, I mean, compared to a lot of people, you're a fairly recent convert to ovals. Um, what was, what, you know, where did you get the most learning from? How did, like, how did you learn to be great on an oval? Like, who, who with, I mean, Penske's obviously a very deep organization. Is there anyone within the organization that was able to really shed some light on the right things to do, wrong things to do, or is it just a learning process? It's, it's, I mean, people can tell you all they want on how to do something, um, you know, and how to drive, how, which line, but until you feel it and use the motor, you know, do, you know, create the motor skills to, you know, drive a certain way, I think it's just experience. It was just experience, just doing it. Mm-hmm. And you know, ovals, we only do five a year. It's not like uh, it's something you do every week. And a lot of the guys, when I turned up, that's all they had done. So my experience was very, very limited when I first started, but now I'm pretty much on the same page as them as far as experience and, and have mastered it very well. Yeah. And does it make it tricky like, do you have to throw all your old experience out the window now that we have a new car? Like, how much can you carry over from previous indies now that it's a different car? It's, yeah, I mean, it was a different car, definitely behaved differently, but it's still the same thing you look for in a car, which is getting a good balance. Um, it's just, you had to go a different way about it. And yeah, every car has its characteristics, but it's, it's you know, experience is experience around that place. I mean, all the lines and where you can run in the race and how to run in air. I mean, that's just accumulated over the years and mm-hmm. it's still an open wheel car that's pretty similar. You know, obviously it doesn't change drastic. You know, it's not like going from an IndyCar to a NASCAR. It just changes just slightly where you can, it, it, it was no problem at all. Mm-hmm. So, and during the race too with the new car, we saw a lot of people having the same exact crash over and over and over again. Yeah. Um, even your teammate had you know, something very similar to everybody yeah. else. What do you believe was the sort of root of that cause? Was it something related to the new car? Is it the weather conditions? What, uh, what led to something like that? I think it was the uh, weather conditions. It was just that's 
hottest we had run all month. Some of those crashes, like Elio's, was really strange. Mm -hmm. At that point in the corner, you know, kind of looked like something break, you know. Um, but he said he got up, you know, in the second lane and got. He thought he must have got dirt on his tires. It was just, I've never at that point in the corner. Normally the car's set. <coughs> You, it was very unusual to crash there, but I guess Bourdais was similar too, very yeah. late in the corner. It's normally right in the middle where you max lateral load, the thing lets go, kind of like Danica's crash. But mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, that's that was interesting. And Elliot said it too. He said, Yeah, I was all good and trying to get around Simon, and suddenly just went around. Wow, I'm going yeah. backwards. It's crazy. So, what was the first thing Roger said to you? I actually can't remember what he said in. Victory Lane because I was screaming too much. I think I'm just saying, can you believe it? <laughs> I think, you know, obviously Roger's so passionate about that race and puts so much effort into it. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just really cool to see he's there, even on a test day, he's there and, you know, he's asking about setup and what mm -hmm. rooms are you running. So he's very involved. So it's just honestly a real honor to win for him, winning 17th. But yeah. also probably helps uh, helps the cause for a contract. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah, building credit. Yeah, that's always you know like race wins are like building credit. You got to mm -hmm. build credit. Yeah. Um, so yeah, definitely. Like when you win races, you could just uh, you don't have to worry about anything. Mm -hmm. You know, as far as contracts and even media coverage, yeah. any of that stuff, it's just comes with it. So. Yeah. At the end of the day, the best thing you can ever do is focus just on the job and doing a good job, and the rest will come. Yeah, that's just uh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say it's the same in a lot of jobs. You do your job, but yeah. a lot of jobs you get to keep your job. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's a. So does having nice. does having this uh, this recent victory make it hard to think about the rest of the season? You know, eleven or some more races. Uh, is it is it distracting having this this grand victory on your mind? It's um, honestly, it's a weight off my shoulders in mm -hmm. one way. Obviously, it's a grueling week. You know, I've only had a couple of hours of sleep. Mm -hmm. That's why I'm kind of slurring my words sometimes. <laughs> I don't drink at all, so um, we can get you some if you'd like. <laughs> yeah, that's what I might need to keep going today. <laughs> but uh, uh, no, I was very quickly thinking of the next race. <clears throat> I was thinking of Detroit. I want. I need to go. I want to win the championship. I want mm -hmm. to go to Detroit and. Um, you know, imagine winning both in the same year. That would be a phenomenal year. So I've got my focus on that a lot. I, I just think it'll be uh, you. You kind of race with a bit of a smile on your face, or a bit less pressure, I would say, mm -hmm. because that is the box I needed to tick to, um, you know, to be fully accomplished in IndyCar. And now I've done that, I can just one hundred percent focus on winning races which right. is what I what I have done anyway yeah. it's not like I was thinking about it all the time it's just a niggling thing you know and questions always you know always getting asked the same question so yeah. the, the one you're going to win now it's the one you're going to win again yeah exactly <laughs> that's what happens right but that's a better yeah. question to be asked yes a yeah. much better question yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so I kept going back to the way you reacted to winning like even like in the car then getting out of the car you know it was pure joy it seemed it seemed like you were thrilled, and you're not necessarily a guy who's no. You're, you're, you you seem to be more subdued a lot of the time, except when something yeah. either super great or not so great happens, <laughs> yeah. right? So, in life, when you're not racing a car, 
like when your son was born how did you react to that did you were you, were you fist pumping and screaming uh, I, just, or was I it... just started crying I couldn't stop crying yeah wow. I was just like I just I can't explain the when that happened so I just started crying I couldn't stop crying mm-hmm. for a long time like it was just an amazing experience right so so you're very you're very like when it's in the center of the I guess the emotional realm you seem to be very level headed yes. but when it gets to one end or the other no, all bets are off yes I can get very yeah I yeah I can yeah, I, I seem like I'm a very sort of guy which yeah I when I'm in just the cruise mode that's mm-hmm. what I'm like but um, I think that's what you put into your racing and driving is I have a lot of emotion right I'm a very emotional person and I think you use that as uh, tools and energy and um you know, uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Just well, and it's it's always been interesting to me to observe. You know, you you've just won the Indy Five Hundred. You immediately have to get out of the car, and you've got a microphone in your face, and you've got to get the hat on and drink the milk. It seems so unfair that you don't even get a second to just sort of calm down and think about you know okay now I'm getting out of the car and doing all of these things it seems very abrupt to go from crossing that that finish line to being on camera and talking and everything that is is that hard to navigate uh no I think that's just a part of the the whole process like you know and I guess a part of the fun the Mm. celebration is quickly getting your helmet off and getting to jump out of the car and tell the world how you felt about it right. on camera so um, yeah but when you are sitting there and having to do so many photos with so many different hats that's mm-hmm. when you're kind of like man I wish I could just be with my teammates <laughs> yeah. or my team enjoying this win <laughs> yeah. with my wife mm-hmm. um, but that's you know that's what comes with winning a big race like the 500 obviously you know the, the series wants to get as much media coverage the team does and um, yeah, yeah. yeah you just got to Love it and go with it. Mm-hmm. So, your brother's a comedian. Yes. Was he on the radio with you at all during the race, or did they let him have a radio? Oh, no way. No. <laughs> no way. He wouldn't do it. He understands, because he 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 kind of just you know kept his distance race morning because he knows what it's like before you have to go on and you know for him doing a live spot mm-hmm. in comedy or something where you know you can only say certain things and you got to get in your own little. Yeah, you know, get his mindset in the right way, so you know he understands what it means and what you have to, you know, where you want to be left alone to perform. But yeah, he yeah definitely didn't want him up there writing my banquet speech or anything. <laughs> it might have been uh, might have been great. It probably would have been great, but I don't think I'd have a job after. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way to retire. Is yeah. just have him write the roast on right. your way out the door. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> And also heard that your wife Liz had a premonition that you were going to win the race. Yeah, she was. She had said it all month. She had said it before we even got there. Mm-hmm. She just kept saying, "I've got a good feeling about this." Wow. And my brother said it on race day, and I was the most calm I had ever been for the month. Slept the best I ever had. Slept the best really? I ever had the night before the race. Hmm. And I almost said to my wife a week or two before the race, I almost said, "I said no, I don't want to." jinx myself I said I almost said to her I'm going to win this race mm-hmm. like I was so sure of the feeling for some reason wow I don't know why that is or whether that's just a part of confidence or because mm-hmm. you're never yeah. confident like going in you're always assuming you know you know how 
badly things can go for you in racing and how quickly it can go south. So, right. Um, yeah, I never allowed myself to get into that space where, yeah, I'm going to win this. But I just had that feeling. It was, hmm. yeah, it's just a calm, good yeah. feeling about the race. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had that feeling uh, before any other races? I have been really calm before races, almost too, too calm, like in mm-hmm. Toronto last year, and then I crashed out of the first corner. I've had that a couple of times this year. So I, I didn't trust that feeling completely, but mm-hmm. it was kind of different. I was still very nervous getting in the car, and, you mm-hmm. know, amped up, but just really well-focused, mm-hmm. well-focused, speaking with my engineer the night before and just focused on what we could do to put ourselves in the best position to ever shot to win the race. Right. Well, and, and, you know, despite your wife's premonition, it seems like she was just as shocked and, and overwhelmed yeah. as you were yeah. uh, crossing that finish line. So, you know, it, it didn't seem like she was sitting back going, I told you so. No, she, yeah, and, and you know, again, she's seen me lose, uh, you know, two or three championships leading the points into the last race. So, you know, she, she understand that that's where a lot of all that comes from, like, I said that and, yeah. Mm-hmm. and yeah the way she was is that you know as much as hard as I worked for it and um, you know and how much effort I put put into it and it's just our whole life motorsport is our life uh, you know the satisfaction when you win it's just, it's just overwhelming I mean I would imagine so especially one that you've been preparing for for you, know, you get so much extra time at Indy compared to every other yeah. race. Huge build up. Yeah. Huge build up. Just something that so when James was here, when Hinchcliffe was here last week, he obviously did not have the same good fortune in qualifying that you had. So we had asked him a couple questions about how he changed the race in the future. What if he one of his suggestions was that Indy should be an exhibition race. Nothing because nothing like about Indy is the same as any other race yeah. on the calendar. Yeah. Um, is that something and like double points are bad obviously for championship related things yeah. it could be terrible and for you it was great because you're fantastic <laughs> yeah keep double points <laughs> <laughs> but was there, not last year right is there anything that you would suggest or think of changing to the format in terms of qualifying should there be guaranteed slots for full-time teams should there be you know should bumping be on day two should there be, yeah. you know anything that should be yeah. changed or rectified or different in the future. I think bumping should be, if there's next year there's even more cars, should be on its own the next day or like it how, mm-hmm. how it was. Yeah. So so people who generally sh- have a fast car and are doing a good job like Hinchcliffe have a genu- like a fair chance of getting in. Like it was kind of like he just ran out of time. Like yeah. he had the car, he deserved to be in the field mm-hmm. and um, you know. And he had a whole other day where he had to sit and watch people just drive around. Yes. Yes, and I think you know that the way the format was brought about was because we didn't have more than thirty-three cars, so they tried to make it more of a show. But now, you know, I'm pretty sure next year there'll be even more cars, so you can have a real, real deal bump day. Um, yeah, and yeah, I, I don't know whether they should yeah give an automatic entry to uh, full-time mm-hmm. competitors, especially if you. You either do that, or you lessen the points a lot, or you don't have points um, because you know for Hinchcliffe is fifth in the championship, yeah. and he yeah. misses a double points race, and That's agonizing. And, and not even you know usually you'll start and get the start points, which is almost ten points in itself. Yeah, I think it, um, God, just a huge hit for yeah. a championship contender right there. That 
deserves to be up there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. Um, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I I don't I think like like you said, it should be an exhibition race. Back in the day, the race was technically an exhibition race. Yeah. Is, um, it, is that right? Yeah. I, I, in in the past, was it, when in, did points become? With the uh, IRL, oh, so in '96. Right. Yeah. So, but the thing, the last thing that I was kind of wondering is, would you like to see something like more? Because right now we have a technically have a spec car with three different engines. Yeah. Uh, but the last time I remember there being something really wild was Penske had the For big sure. Mercedes in '94. Yeah. Um, is there? Would you like to see more innovation like that come back, or do you think that this, the way the race is right now is pretty damn good? I think but just forget that you won. <laughs> yeah, no, I know, I know, but if know, that's possible, I to think, forget. I think anyone who watches a race would probably not would would like how the race has been in the past. Mm -hmm. Let's say five years since the since two thousand twelve, where there's just constant passing for lead, and it's you know usually an epic battle for the win. Yeah. Um, as soon as you bring in different body kits and. You know, obviously we do have engine competition, mm -hmm. but it's it's very, you know, it's in a set of rules. It's it's pretty hard to have a huge advantage. I just I just think in this day and age, with so much competition of different sports and television and all that, you just you've got to make it entertaining for the the um, you know for the fans. So I think you've got to make a very raceable car where it's it's really anyone in the whole field can win and that's how it's been yeah uh, yeah i mean it's pretty cool to see those cars in the past and when the rules are completely opened up what what the aerodynamics can look like it mm -hmm. just it's just it's amazing what engineers can do but it doesn't it's it's it costs a lot of money and it doesn't really do the sport any good it doesn't create better racing or anything right because um, everybody's moving in different directions when the rules are wide open like yes that. yeah and there's always someone there's always going to be someone with an, an, an advantage um, and it yeah. you know it kind of becomes like Formula 1 became when Mercedes just won every single race and it just gets to a point where I think you would lose viewership mm -hmm. right yeah so I guess on that little note we'll end the second episode of Road and Chat um Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, like and subscribe. We're on iTunes now, so uh, we should we should probably uh, say that, right? We probably should. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and congratulations, yeah. and thank you for stopping by. Yeah. Excellent. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks, Thanks very much, Will.